welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Faith, Fitness, and Freedom Podcast, and I'm your host, Rebecca Haber Pentras, former overweight, atheist, corporate girl, turned fiercely fit, Jesus-loving, purpose-driven entrepreneur. And ladies, in today's episode, I'm going to talk about the gospel is offensive, and that is okay. However, how do we share it in such a way that it can be received? How do we share truth from a lens of love, kindness, and grace? And when do we share? That's what we're going to talk about in this podcast episode. And again, this is another one where I originally recorded it within our private Facebook group, Female Christian Leaders. And so I'm going to turn it over to that recording as with I often do these. Uh, When I do the live trainings, I do my preparation and then God just has a way of showing up and flowing in and through me. So I'm not going to try and recreate it, but I'm going to turn it over to that. Here we go. Topic, what I want to talk to you about is the fact, the reality is that the gospel, God's word, God's truth, a lot of what you and I believe is offensive to other people. And we don't necessarily want to be offensive to bring people to know him, right? And it's not in our our intention, but it is the reality of what happens. So we're going to talk about that today, why the gospel is so offensive to some people and what we as believers want to keep in mind in how we are being and sharing God's character and God's word in a way that it can be received. So ladies, this came front of mind to me because of it was the topic of my service this weekend for my uh, past or my normal church service, right? But it's something that God has put on my heart. You know, over time, it's one of the things that I've talked about a lot. And that is that I choose to love people where they are at, meaning I am not going to judge somebody based on their, I'm not going to walk up to somebody and tell them their lifestyle is wrong, their belief is wrong. I don't believe that I'm called to do that. And I know that coming from a background of being an atheist at one point in my life and realizing now that everyone believes in something, but for lack of a better term, so that people that might be listening and might um, kind of relate to that word, I'm going to continue to use the word atheist, right? So from when I was a non-believer to what eventually got me to know God was people being in my life, despite my lifestyle choices, despite me um, criticizing faith and even telling them that they were believing in God because it was a crutch. And the their ability to just hold space for me, to accept me where I was, to find out the good things about me and love me as I am, and then be present when I was asking questions is literally, I, I wouldn't be doing, I wouldn't be on this page today. I wouldn't be sharing with you. I wouldn't be having a podcast that is named Faith Fitness and Freedom Podcast, right? I wouldn't be doing the things I was doing, I am get to do today nor like, oh my gosh, when I stop and think about it, truly not because of anything in me, but the work that God has done in and through me over the last 20 years now is phenomenal. Not for me. I mean, yes, I got to benefit, but as a result of that, I literally changed my future, the legacy of future generations to come within my family because I am the first believer because my son is the first within our immediate family 
to have been raised in God's word and knowing him throughout his lifetime. Because I, because of the, the gospel sort of be, speak being presented me to me, or to me, excuse my words, um, the way perfect in our imperfections, right? Um, in the way that I'm going to talk with you about today is the reason I was able to receive it. And then as a turn, not only was my son's life, but, but honestly, y'all by God's work in and through me, I've been able to cross paths with thousands of men and women, mostly women over the last decade now, especially 12, 13 years, actually as a coach, not all of them, right? I didn't only work exclusively with Christian uh, men or women um, when I was in my brick and mortar business, but they saw glimpses of God. And I was always uh, very real about my belief system in a way that attracted people to me as a person, to my team, to the results we were able to get our clients, all those things. And yet they knew something was different, right? They knew that um, I had this faith that was rooted and grounded, but that I was going to love them and accept them regardless of their lifestyle choice, regardless of, you know, we had people, um, not just lifestyle, but, you know, all kinds of belief systems and, and whatever it might be, right? Um, and because of that, it is, it, you know, people have come to me over the years and they were, they have leaned in. Some of them started going back to church. Some of them got, like so many amazing things have happened, not just the physical results that I'm able to give to people, but it never would have happened if people had not in my life 20 something years ago had chosen the offensive route. And so the analogy that um, the pastor was giving this weekend was that to his knowledge, no one is converted to become a Christian by being yelled at on a street corner. And it's not to say anything against evangelism, but his point was that form of evangelism, I should say. But his point was that when you're screaming at someone, when you're yelling at someone, when you're telling them, this is what you did wrong and this is why you were wrong and you're dying or you're going to hell if you don't repent of your sins, that might be truth. But in the way that it is communicated, that's going to fall on deaf ears. And one of the verses that God had actually put on my heart, so this is why I pray. In fact, I'll stop and do it right now. Father God, please just allow your words to be um, given to me in this moment so that I may do this just, this topic justice and um, that each per woman um, and or if any men are listening in on the podcast, but each woman know exactly what you're supposed to pull out of this message. So I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, but God had given me this verse a while ago, and I've been reading through it and kind of praying through it and studying on it, and then it came up in service. And it is 1 Peter 2, 7 through 8, and it says, Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. And so the, the extraction from that is that someone that isn't walking with God because they've got sin in their way, right? That's really what it comes, well, that's not the only thing, but that's one of the biggest obstacles between us, even us as believers, and having the depth of relationship with God that we are able, that we that he wants for us to have, is the level of sin that we have in our life. But somebody that doesn't even know Jesus, hasn't accepted Jesus as in their life, 
what we call sin are going to be it is truth right according to our understanding it is truth that the bible tells us that certain belief systems like you know and or things like lying or stealing or adultery or um like things that have been normalized in culture living uh you know having sex before marriage or whatever the case may be those types of things we know god's word says that that is sin we know that that can get in our way of our relationship with him we know that we god's word is the same today as it was yesterday that it doesn't change with culture right we know those truths and we get to hold on to them and own them and do our best to live them out right but if we are to speak them over a non-believer in a way that shows condemnation or judgment or that giving this this sense of like um like somehow we're somehow better than that person because we're not making that same choice or along those lines it shuts them down to not be able to hear anything beyond the fact that you just told them that they're wrong for the way they're living they're going to go to hell and not be able to have a relationship with jesus until they repent of their sins makes sense and it is also true that um and i think it's this next message um yeah, the first Corinthians 1 through 18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. The message of the cross is foolishness to the, those who are perishing. And what it can be extracted by that, man, I hope I'm doing this justice because not only has this been coming in front of mind, not only was this this weekend service, but I just remembered that I was listening to a um message from Dr. Charles Stanley talking about this just in one of my recent Epsom salt baths, if you followed my back injury. <laughs> um, I've been taking a lot of baths lately, more than ever, and so I'm always listening to a service or something while I'm in there. Um, but uh, Dr. Charles Stanley was talking about this also in that this exact same verse, now that I'm reading it again, in that the point being that the message of the gospel, the truth of Jesus coming to die for our sins so that we can have a personal direct relationship with God is foolishness. It doesn't make sense to somebody that is not walking with him. It doesn't make sense to somebody that is a non-believer still, right? But to he who has been saved, it is the power of God. So for us that have chosen and accepted God into our life, it's like that knowledge and understanding has been unveiled to us. And so we may not always have it all figured out, but we are in agreement with God that we're going to do our best to figure it out that we're going to do our best to be in relationship with him and that we are going to accept his word as truth in by faith even when things don't make a hundred percent sense right that is tolerable i know that's not a great word but from a, a non-believers kind of terminology those truths are tolerable for us because we believe in God because we believe Jesus died on the cross for our sins, because we believe we get to have this direct relationship with God. But without that belief, the truths appear to be words or rules that are set against that person or that individual. Let me give you an example. One of the biggest things, this will give you an idea of how far I've come, one of the biggest things that kept me from believing before I knew God was what I had heard about the faith in that women are to be submissive to men. Like, 
Obviously, there's so much more to that than what I once understood. But that alone, just hearing that was offensive to me. And just hearing that is part of what put me in judgment of women. Like, I'd be like, how are you going to just agree to that? Like, you're stronger than that. Why would you agree? Like, why is that okay, right? Without the understanding, right? Or if you tell somebody that is so committed to a certain way of life and if you just out them and at them and saying like what you're doing is wrong and it's sin and you're gonna burn in hell for it and you're all fire and brimstone in their face about it they're gonna turn you off right they're not they're gonna assume that you are off your rocker or that you're judgmental and which you know maybe if you're presenting it with that type of attitude then you might want to check yourself with a little judgment, right? Because it's only by God's grace that we are not making the same choices as the person that we are standing in judgment of in that moment, right? That's a powerful truth God has taught me over and over again. As dramatic as somebody else's choice might be, as much as you think, I would never do that. Be careful what you say you will never do because God will take you through a season to show you how it could be possible, right? And again, I hope that never happens to you. There's some extreme things in life that I never want to be um, falling into, right? There's also things that I have once judged as a non-believer and then found myself falling into, and it gave me a better empathy and understanding for how it comes about. So my point is, and what the pastor was talking about, is that what we get to do is simply share God's character in our sense of being, who we are, how we're showing up, being in relationship, being in community, whether someone's a non-believer or a believer. And when we're in conversations with somebody that is a non-believer or we're not sure if they're a believer, when the opportunity presents itself, then we get the chance to share a truth of God, right? And I will tell you that I think that this has been true for me. It happens moment by moment. In the brick and mortar business, for example, I knew that I had, um, you know, people of different faith walks or belief systems or what within me and in front of me, and everyone knew that I was a believer. So one of the ways in that environment, I'm not saying this is ideal, but in that environment, one of the ways that I would say is my faith tells me this, and this is what I believe to be true. Like, for example, if it's just a, like most of God's word is powerful wisdom, right? Obviously, God's word is powerful wisdom in general. But I mean, there's so many good, powerful points of wisdom in his word that even a person that doesn't think they believe can benefit from. So the way I would present it before is here's my understanding. This has worked for me based on my favorite book, which was the Bible, right? And still is. And by doing that, it gave me the opportunity to just speak that truth. And it's like the pastor said this weekend, it's like, it's kind of like you're presenting them with that truth or that point or whatever it might be. And you're just kind of leaving it on the table for them. And what they decide to do with it is what they decide to do with it, right? Truly, people have to be ready to receive. They have to be ready to lean in and ask questions and uh and be available, right? It's not something you're going to be able to force upon somebody. And as much as we would want that, like, for example, maybe you have people in your immediate family, it's still showing up 
by being his character, right? The pastor said this this weekend and it was a good reminder too. It's like, if, especially when people know that you are a um, strong believer, right? That you are a Christian. If your character isn't in alignment with his word, remember now, none of us are perfect. So don't take this as condemnation. But if you have a pattern of being quick to anger, if you have a pattern of gossiping about others, if you have a pattern of um, any one of the lying, like hopefully none of this is true, but if you, if that is a struggle for you, any one of those, right, and you have a pattern of doing that and that's being reflected to somebody else and they also know that you are a believer in, in Jesus and that you are a Christian, then that's what they're seeing. Like you are their only representation of God's character and God's truth, right? And again, not condemnation, but it's understanding that they're looking at all of you, right? And so we get to show them all the things. And we also get to, like, if it is something that you're working on, then it's uh, like, it's okay, right? To say, gosh, I, I'm really trying to get better at that. Like, right, as soon as you catch yourself, right? It's like I told one of our, our kids as they were, growing up, they were struggling with lying. And they said that, um, they, you know, said to me, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm doing that. I'm having a hard time. Like, I don't know why that's become my response, like to lie over stupid things. And my suggestion to them was to start with just recognizing it and just being okay with saying, man, I don't know why I said that. That's not true. And just immediately correct yourself. And you know, and then tell the truth, right? And you start building the pattern of catching it, right? Or maybe for for you, it's it's gossip, right? Maybe you are realizing that you have a pattern of talking about people that are, aren't present in that conversation, which to me is gossip. Then maybe you get to catch yourself and say, man, you know what? Let's try, change the subject because I'm not comfortable in having this conversation realizing I'm trying to do better about that, right? We should include that person in this conversation or I need to have that conversation directly with them or whatever seems or feels appropriate, right? So it's understanding that we get the gospel is offensive because they don't have the relationship with Jesus. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. It's not all love. It's not all like the Bible doesn't tolerate every single way of being. The Bible doesn't tolerate um the god's word i should say doesn't tolerate a lot of what has become societal norms today right that is true and also jesus loves all people right and so we get to talk be real about the truth and be real about god's love and not be talking over people but be in relationship with people and pray for the opportunities to have the right conversations and then pray for the right words to come alongside of them not over them or at them makes sense if you're watching live within the group if this is making sense so far type a2 in the comments for me and what I want to also remind you is that when we, I'm looking at my notes really quickly. Um, I also love that he said this weekend that, um, you know, it's so important to include God in this process because without him, I'm not enough. Right. And it wasn't, honestly, the instant I heard that I didn't, wasn't thinking so much about this specific topic, but it is a good point to bring front of mind. So many times we hear, like, again, a, a cultural norm is I'm enough. I'm enough. Right. And yes, you're enough. You are enough because of God's spirit in you. 
left to my own devices, <laughs> sister, I am so not enough. I'm not kind enough. I'm not empathetic enough. I'm not peaceful enough. I'm not courageous enough, right? God gives me my enoughness by me being in relationship with him. And I think that's important to understand and understand that we really do have that advantage that non-believers do not have. So when we allow ourselves to see from this lens and kind of see where they're coming from and their point of view, we can be in community and in relationship with them with a higher level of empathy, compassion, and understanding as we're praying for opportunities to be that example to them or give them a direct word. Probably not if they're a non-believer, not God told me, right? I do talk like that now, but it's because I just have gotten to that point where I'm like, you could call it intuition. Like to somebody that's not believing, I would say you could call it intuition or gut feeling if you want. I know it's God talking to me. And like, it's just, it's part of my, it's just it, where I'm at in my journey, right? You may not be comfortable with that. Remember, I'm 20 years in and I will tell you that my growth and my relationship with God and just as a woman has um, acceler accelerated exponentially over the last 12 years or so, right? Um, so don't compare that to where you might be. Um, and so I love his point. He also said, I'm the messenger and how you choose to receive it is between you and God, right? So when you are in relationship with someone that isn't believing, or maybe it's a friend that is a, also a Christian, but they're falling off track, right? Iron sharpen iron, but speaking to them and with them from a position, I always say, you know, through a lens of love and kindness, right? Pull them forward to their higher truth. Don't allow them to make excuses. Don't allow them to um, fall into what might be a societal norm, but doesn't align with biblical truths. Like always speak the truth in love, right? And I love these questions that the pastor gave us to really consider. So I'm going to close it out with this. And these are the questions to consider is, are you blending in like a chameleon, right? Um, Romans 12, two says, are we conforming of this world or renewing by renewing our mind. I didn't write the verse down exactly, right? But the point is, is uh, you should, like I say this often to sometimes is like, be the weirdo, right? Because when we're truly holding to what we've considered to be our standards for how we want to live, when we're living in the character traits that we wanna live, that we believe align with God's word, it is different. It is gonna look weird to most of society and that's okay, right? It's also possible, and I've shared this in, in other places, but I want to make sure that I kind of um, make this point here as well, is that it is also entirely possible if you are not intentionally and methodically building that relationship with God and building your self-worth, your value, your anchoring into you know, that root system of faith and, and all the things you it is you can unknowingly start to little by little conform of this world things that were um a big deal to you at one point in time maybe are like become minimized in your mind because you are exposed <laughs> we live in we you know work in we socialize in and we are on social media and most of the world does not share our same belief system. Now, hopefully you've created pockets of connection where you're surrounded by like-minded people. But the reality is, and my point is, is that 
24 seven, you're exposed to a lot of things and you get to evaluate based on where you choose the rooms you choose to be in, the social media, media outlets you choose to um, take part in and, and what you're doing online and, and all those things. You get to um, you know, decide the extent in which you are exposed to societal norms versus God's truth, right? And to the extent in which you're exposed to societal norms or news or, or all those ways, you are running risk of being conformed to be more like that and less like who God has called you to be. So you get to intentionally put in the work to be renewing your mind by being in his word. And there's many things to that on a consistent basis, right? And so you get to ask yourself, am I being a chameleon, right? And actually the pastor was talking about not just in renewing your mind, but are you one way with one group of people and then another way with another group of people? Like find that balance and that, it really comes for women especially, I think. Um, and I'm sure it's true for men too, but women especially, it comes down to building that authentic confidence so that you do show up with this radical confidence that is not arrogance. It's just like, I was going to say humble truth about who you are, who you're not, and knowing that somebody could take you or leave you, and that's okay. It's not about you. It's about them, right? Um, and then they, you know, are people offended by the message or the method, right? So he was talking about if you are in conversations and someone is getting offended, are they getting offended by the word or are they getting offended in the way you deliver it, right? Kind of that, and I'm going to, my memory on this is probably, it might be what I, the meaning I took away from it in that message, but um, it's that reminder of if somebody else is getting offended, I get to check myself. Am I sharing truth through a lens of kindness and love, or am I um, sitting in judgment? And am I presenting it from a judgmental position? Or wh where is my tone? Like, did I pick the wrong timing? Or is my tone off? Like, do you, like really look at how that message is being delivered. And the third is, um, does the message I bring cause a stir? And he was talking about that your messages, just in how you show up in life and how you present yourself and when you're truly like, and again, I'm using my words, but rooted and grounded in who you are and who you're not, what you tolerate, what you don't tolerate, it's going to create a stir because not everybody's going to agree with it right? Not everyone's going to get it. There are going to be, there's going to be resistance that comes against you. There's going to be people that don't like you. There's going to be persecution. The Bible guarantees it, right? And so it's not a bad thing to be causing a stir. It might be an indicator that you're just truly grounded. Again, it goes back to, is it the message or the message or the message or the method in which you're delivering the message, but also are you truly like standing in who you are, right? Not standing and being a lukewarm Christian that blends with, you know, the environment that you're in, but a woman who is on fire for God and unapologetically expresses his character. And when the, unless you're called to evangel evangelism, it is the, just when the opportunity presents itself to, or you're in a situation where you get to choose, are you going to speak your actual truth or are you going to speak what is tolerable for the people around you? Be the woman 
that stands firm in that moment and speaks your absolute truth. All right. I'm looking over my notes. I think that's it for the moment, but I would love to hear from you and see what your thoughts are on this and, and where do you feel like you're falling right now? Where do you want to um, improve? Or do you have people in your life that maybe aren't walking with God right now or you've been praying for them and over them, right? If there's a way for us to come together and pray over, pray for you know a certain person that might be in your life that you're hoping will come to know him. Um, in fact, I'm gonna close this out in that. Um, but I would encourage you to, to get connected inside of the, our Facebook group, Female Christian Leaders. Um, of course, you can type in the comments below if, there, if you want prayer in this way to be able to be uh, that example or be praying over someone that you hope will be leaning in. Maybe it's a friend or a family member that doesn't know God yet. Um, and if you have any questions about anything I said, I'll, I'll do my best to be able to help you within that group too, where we can have an ongoing conversation. All right. So I'll close this off with prayer. Father God, I pray that you put this message in front of every single woman that needs to hear it, Father God. And I pray that you would just you do what you do, Father God, and that whatever my words were, Father God, irregardless that the woman on the other end listening to me right now will hear exactly what she is I'm supposed to hear Father God and that you would put the person on her heart Father God maybe there is somebody Father God that you want to use her to be that example to be that guiding light Father God not to preach not to evangelize but to be present in that person that other person Father God that you want to come to know you Father God perhaps it's that you want this woman listening right now to be that example to be your hands and feet in their life Father God I pray a special anointing and gifting over her life so that she can continue to expand who she is in you Father God so that she can boldly and unapologetically show up in the full truth of who you are and the relationship that she has with you, Father God, but that she have the words that are like salt, Father God, that are grace to the person that needs to receive it, Father God, so that she can share the message that can be received, Father God. And I lift her up to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, ladies. So again, if you're on our Female Christian Leaders Facebook group, I would love to um, see your interactions. If you've got prayer requests or names that come to mind, drop them in the comments below. Um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, come join us over at Female Christian Leaders where um, we typically go, um, I typically do a live every Monday about getting started in God's Word. Bye for now. Ladies, I hope that you enjoyed that recording and the training that I did within our private Facebook group. I pray that you will join us there. And if this podcast episode was helpful, I would love to hear from you. Take a screenshot of the episode, uh, tag me, share it in your stories, tag me on social media. Facebook and Instagram is Rebecca Tabbert or Rebecca Tabbert Contreras. And I would love to connect with you that way. It would also help me spread the word and get the message out about this uh, Faith, Fitness, and Freedom podcast so that more purpose-driven Christian women just like you can be helped by it. One last thing that would be a huge help is if you leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to. That helps the algorithms just organically know that it is worth listening to, and they will put it in front of more women. 
appreciate your help and your partnership in getting the message out so that we can equip and empower women with the tools that God intends for them to live on purpose with greater purpose. And that's it, ladies. Bye for now. Love you. Bye.